Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features. Get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book Savage Continent. Many people who have been to Europe are impressed by its high level of development and charming view. All the things there whether it is a modern and trendy city, a quaint and elegant town, a tranquil and dreamlike castle, or the fresh and elegant scenery are mesmerizing. It is as if Europe has been uniquely blessed by God. However, can you imagine that in the first few years after World War II, the European continent was plunged into disorder and chaos, intertwined with vengeance and degradation? As violence and hunger existed side by the side, the air was filled with blood and hatred. Although the war had ended, the future was far from promising. The continent had almost been turned into hell on earth. The causes of such can be traced back to the Second World War. At the beginning of the war, Germany invaded Poland along with other countries, and the Soviet Union sent troops to Poland to expand its influence in Europe. Similar situations occurred in many countries other than Poland. In addition to national wars of aggression and counter-aggression, there were two other types of conflicts that simultaneously occurred, domestic revolutionary wars and the ideological class wars. The three types of wars led to expulsions and vendettas within the European nations. Violent ethnic cleansing and civil wars occurred, along with the Soviet-led scuffles between the National Liberation Front and right-wingers. These latter two types of conflicts continued on for many years, deepening the rift between Eastern and Western Europe which end up with the beginning of the Iron Curtain and instigating the Soviet-American Cold War. Savage Continent is the historical record of the period between the end of World War II and the beginning of the Cold War, and it is based on many historical sources. The book is an account of the years of darkness when the European continent was plunged into violence and chaos after World War II. The book discusses the causes and effects of vengeance that occurred among different nations and people. It gives reflections on the war and offers opinions on how to avoid conflicts. The author of this book Keith Lowe majored in English literature at the University of Manchester. After 12 years as a history publisher, he embarked on a full-time career as a writer and historian and is now recognized on both sides of the Atlantic as an authority on the Second World War. He is the author of critically acclaimed works of history, such as Inferno, The Fiery Destruction of Hamburg, 1943 Savage Continent, and The Fear and the Freedom. Next, we will uncover the book through three parts as follows. Part 1, Post-War Destruction. Part 2, The Wave of Vengeance. Part 3, The Consequences of Vengeance. Alright, let's discuss the first key point, the destruction after the Second World War. Generally, historians tend to consider September 1, 1939 as the start of World War II, when Germany launched its blitzkrieg against Poland and later ended with Germany's surrender on May 8, 1945. For six years, under the constant bombardments of countless planes, artillery, tanks, and other modern weapons, the war left a harrowing legacy that caused unimaginable destruction in Europe. The destruction of the war manifested itself most directly in a physical aspect. After six years of fighting, the European continent was in complete devastation with ruins and rubble everywhere. 
In the countries affected by the war, countless cities were reduced to debris, and many public buildings and homes were burned and blown up. Dresden for example no longer resembled Florence on the Elba but was more like the face of the moon. In Kiev, Ukraine, the vast majority of public buildings were mined when the Red Army retreated in 1941, while the rest were destroyed when it returned in 1944. Due to continuous uprisings in Warsaw the capital of Poland, Adolf Hitler simply ordered the city to be entirely razed. German troops adhered strictly to the order to wreck the town. As a consequence, 93% of Warsaw's dwellings were damaged beyond repair, with soldiers also burning down the archives and the public library, and further blowing up the royal castle, the Saxon palace, the entire complex of Baroque and Rococo palaces, the centuries-old cathedrals and more. Warsaw became a city that only existed in travel picture books. All cities of the continent had suffered the same fate. The further east you went, the worse the destruction. In Hungary, Ukraine, and Belarus, thousands of towns were destroyed while countless factories were demolished. Those that could be relocated had moved, those that couldn't be were burned down on site. Numerous bridges were also blown up, and the communications and transportation facilities of various countries were severely damaged. By the end of the war, the only universally reliable method of travel was on foot. People who survived the war were hungry and cold, had nowhere to sleep, and were struggling to survive in the ruins. Hundreds of years of material wealth went up in smoke, and it was as if Europe had returned to the Middle Ages. What was equally distressing was the moral destruction. This was in part due to the damage of countless historic buildings and museums, which lead to the fading of culture and art that had accumulated over centuries even millennia. The war also directly contributed to the deaths of 35 to 40 million people on the European continent. There had been hundreds of thousands or millions of deaths in various European countries. The highest absolute number of war deaths came in the Soviet Union, approximately 27 million people. This number is larger than Australia's population in 2020. Poland suffered the worst proportion of deaths, more than one Pole in every six was killed, a total of over 6 million people in all. Germany, the initiator of the war also lost nearly 4.5 million soldiers and 1.5 million civilians. The biggest victims were indeed the Jews. As a result of the genocidal program carried out by the Nazis, countless families of Jews were destroyed. At least 5.75 million Jews were killed during the war. With the removal of the Jews in many countries, a unique culture within the European continent which had built up over centuries was also lost. Only about 1.6 million Jews managed to survive in post-war Europe. As wars, concentration camps and ethnic cleansing claimed countless lives of European men, Europe became a continent of orphans and widows. Innumerable women of marriageable age were unable to marry, and numerous children were left fatherless. Without the love of a father and a male role model, a growing pain would accompany the children for the rest of their lives. The horrific death toll turned Europe into a land of misery and degradation. By the end of the war, nearly all Europeans had lost some family members and friends. The whole of Europe became a continent of wailing, despair, and homelessness. The trauma caused by the loss of loved ones had changed the psychological traits of Europeans. Their sense of mental stability no longer existed.
After the war, countless freed laborers, refugees, and those who were expelled and ethnically cleansed set out a journey to return home. One after another, people embarked on their journey back home. However, upon returning to their homeland after experiencing considerable hardship, people found that their former homes were destroyed. Due to starvation, they were confronted with the plight of day-to-day survival. During the war, Germany went on a food-plundering rampage to feed its citizens and troops in the occupied countries. They even planned to starve to death the Slavs of occupied territories in the east. Owing to massive deaths and destruction of arable land, post-war Europe experienced food shortages. It was plunged into widespread famine with food becoming the most urgent need of the people. At that time, people prioritized their survival above all else, and all moral taboos ceased to exist. As the moral line was being breached every day, social order and law went down the drain. Folks went around looting, and when they spotted an empty house, they ransacked it. Many people including women and children developed the habit of stealing. Women would sell their bodies for a can of food. Theft and robbery bred violence, and hungry people were under constant threat of violence. The wickedness of human nature was let loose to the greatest extent. Soldiers who raped and enslaved women were practically condoned, and the vast majority were not punished in the slightest. The stronger motive behind the rapes came from the sexual desire of the soldiers rather than a sense of revenge. Rape became a daily occurrence on account of widespread sexual violence. A war correspondent raped a Russian girl simply because he failed to resist the temptation. Hundreds of thousands of Allied soldiers hailed as liberators by later generations were also rapists. Children who grew up in a violent environment were severely shaken mentally and had gone astray. Countless teenagers became juvenile delinquents due to a lack of parental supervision. Juvenile gangs were formed and robbed people in countless places. Deeply influenced by the evil deeds of Nazis, many German teenagers became cruel and barbaric. Despite the substantial loss of life and property, the end of the war brought optimism. Dictatorships were already overthrown, and the European continent was more liberal and more equal than before the war. The old world was gone, new ideas, systems, and new governments were gradually taking root on the ancient continent. After the war, people healed the wounds of war by compiling their national hero stories and legends. Europeans wished to stay united in order to eliminate racial hatred sown by the Nazis after heeding the calls of Allied leaders such as Winston Churchill and Joseph Stalin, and further listened to the warm appeal of the Yugoslav leader Josip Broz Tito. In 1945, inspired by the spirit of unity between the Allies, 50 nations came together to draft the charter for a brand new international institution, the United Nations. At the same time, post-war reconstruction and the restoration of order became high priorities due to the sheer number of former displaced persons, DPs, and lack of food and clothing in many countries. During this moment however, the post-war regimes in many different countries had yet to be established. For an extended period, only the Allied powers such as Britain and America barely kept their social situation afloat by helping reconstruct their people's livelihoods. It was only a few years after the end of the war that almost every nation in Europe had formed a government of national unity, in which all the political parties cooperated. 
This sense of unity among the nations of Europe became the people's ideals and beliefs which were later not shattered even in the most chaotic years of the post-war period. Those ideals and beliefs made men and women work as hard as they could to rebuild a better world, a more equal and freer Europe. The cooperative relationship between different nations continues to this day. On the other hand, the national hatred stoked by the war had not entirely dissipated, conversely, it erupted after the war. People on bad terms were living together in mixed communities, especially in Greece, Bulgaria, Serbia, Croatia, Romania, Hungary, Poland, and Ukraine. Due to racial differences or disparities in political and social perceptions of the new society, riots, purges, expulsions, and massacres driven by vengeance arose from time to time. The emerging peace in Europe was under threat. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. Get your free mind snack now.